0: It's the Nachom Siegel Network, and uh, this is the OU Jewish Reaction Show, Tuesdays, 9 a.m. Eastern Time, right after JM and the AM, and I thank everybody for tuning in and being part of this uh, amazing experience each and every week, and big thanks to the uh, OU, to the uh, wonderful people of the OU who arrange for great guests and wonderful topics for us on a weekly basis. Uh, today we get an opportunity to speak about Rabbi Belsky of Blessed Memory. His life and his legacy, and uh, some of the people of the OU knew him really, really well, in his uh, capacity there, and had the opportunity and the the blessing really to interact with him on a regular basis. Rabbi Menachem Ganak, our wonderful friend, the CEO of uh, OU Kosher, and uh, can give us a great perspective on the life of Rav Belsky, uh especially from a professional standpoint. Uh, Rabbi Ganak, it is a uh, pleasure to welcome you back to the Naftali Siegel Network.
1: Pleasure to be with
0: you again. I appreciate that. Uh so Rebelski's relationship with the OU begins when? Uh it begins 28-29 years ago. And I I would guess as a major national international kashrist organization, I don't know how familiar you are with what went on 29 years ago, but uh I would guess that at at some point the OU was looking to to fill a position, right, essentially. And with well, and with all the thousands of rabbis that I guess could have been chosen, Rabbelski ends up at the job, right? Correct. And so go ahead. That in and of itself is saying something. Because we know there are a lot of qualified people out there, right?
1: Right. Um, actually there are well you said there are a lot of qualified people out there, but really Rabbi Belsky was sui generis, so he was really unique in so many different ways. But just in terms of the history of Rabbi Belsky coming to the OU, actually I started at the OU in nineteen eighty. Right. And uh, there was once an issue which actually reemerged later about the costures of palm oil coming from the Far East because of the large tankers that they came in, was the adjacent tankers that had kosher, non-kosher, or lard in the same tankers. And this is before Rabbi Belsky was at the OU, at the time it was at the Havke, and I went together with a friend of mine, at the time it was Rabbi Simcha Katz, Steve Katz, and we went to, with other conscious agents, to look at one of the tankers that was docking. And Rabbi Belsky was there, and he was there, and he, you know he was investigating this, and and he went down. I remember into the into the belly of this enormous tanker to look to see just in terms of technically how are the walls constructed, what's the size, and they're huge. And I remember him asking me, um, you know, do I want to descend with him in the ladder? And I was Michael. I said I'm going to rely on you. <laughs> but it was so typically Rabbi Belsky, First of all, he was he he was unique in so many different ways. But one of them one of the many ways was that he had a tremendous, beyond his Yediyah, Likrin just the, the entire corpus of Jewish law and Halacha and Shas and Polskim, but he had a very strong scientific and technical orientation. And uh, he could calculate mathematical formulas in his mind in terms of calculating Shishim. And I just remember him descending into this. And I thought at the time, you know, Rabbi Belsky, one day we have to have him at the OU. Okay. And... Uh, and several years later, he came to the OU. I remember approaching him about it, and he played such a critical role in terms of developing policies, halachic policies, and and just the relationship we had with with the members of the staff became so close. So as a matter of fact, I got today a um, he used to bring with him um, he used to bring with him each day about five or six. Um, Talmidim from Torah Vidas to sit in and to learn to learn uh, you know, just to learn this, both the sicha school but of course more importantly the Shilas that came up and one of the Talmidim just wrote me uh, a, a beautiful uh, note saying that how, how much you know, how Rabelsky enjoyed coming so much and how much these boys these Talmidim of Wabelski from Torah from from Hishin Yerodeah would enjoy coming and he uh, was really just in, in every respect, unique.
0: It must have been um, wonderful for him, in that the challenge—the challenge of being presented with the types of questions that you and others would have at the OU for him on a regular basis—was probably enlightening for him, right?
1: That's exactly exactly correct. In other words, he's, he, he, he 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 this this time relates Herbstman, that he to Rabbi Belsky, you know, he said I I always knew, you know. I I thought I always knew Yehuda until I came to the OU, and then I just saw a a whole new aspect of it. Because, you know, applying abstract halacha to um, to current issues that came up, he found so fascinating, Um, and he was really uh, just uh, a a really the the most remarkable person, a person of tremendous courage, and uh, you know, beyond his intellectual capacity and this ability to um, to apply this abstract alochot to such practical instances. But he was also a person with what we call in Yiddish, you know, break the plates, his big shoulders, was willing to take on big issues and set a standard that was important, really, for Claudius
0: Um I want to get back to those big issues in a moment. I just want to ask you uh, editorially, I guess. Uh, you mentioned that he knew Kolotar Tarakulo. You also have emphasized that his knowledge of science and math uh, was pretty remarkable. You spoke about the uh, mathematical formulas he could do in his head. We know from articles that have been written, people like yourself, that he uh, he he certainly knew uh, astronomy and uh, and and plenty of other uh, you know uh, science subjects. Um, can one know Kalatara Kulo without knowing those?
1: Well, <laughs> you know they they quote from the Vilna Gaon, Kavisha Yechselo. I think it's the Pesach Shulchan quotes from the Gaon, Kavishi Yechselo it's something i have paraphrased going that to the extent that a person is missing is knowledge in some of the scientific areas he's he it's multiple of that he's, he's losing in terms of in Havon, in certain in yonim and Torah right so obviously you can't really understand Kiho unless you have a real appreciation of of astronomy right. um
0: and that was one and, of the things that he did.
1: And that was one of the things. And it was, I, I think, there was something else that motivated him. And that was simply his, his Avas Hashem, because the Rambam says in Peric Beis from yosodia Torah that what it, how it was Avas Hashem? How does one achieve Avas Hashem, love of God? He says you look through nature, and you through nature, and you see the 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 greatness of nature, the different phys, uh, physical formulas that uh, that that govern the the real world. And through that, one appreciates comes to Avas Hashem. And I think if that was also part of his Avas Hashem and his Avas And I, I should add, his 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 love for every Jew.
0: Right. Yeah, well, unique person. Rybelski is who we're speaking about, Rybikinak is who we're speaking with. We are uh, uh, speaking to you on the OU Jewish Reaction Program. You mentioned big issues. Um, can you give us, can you let us in on some of the secrets? I don't know if, uh, if there are secrets. Uh, but on some of the big issues that if he would not have been around to take them on and would have had not have had those broad shoulders, life would be a little bit different for uh, those keeping kosher here in the United States.
1: Well, you know, I'll just I'll just mention a few, but some of them are by now are quite quite well known. But several years ago, there was an issue about fish who were infested with a new kind of uh, parasite called anisakis, and some people thought that that created a cautious problem. Rabbi Belsky was absolutely insistent that it doesn't. And uh, I think absent his involvement, people would not be eating a, a big big parts of, of, you know, it affected salmon and herring and flounder, you know, some of the really basic, you know, staples in terms of fish.
0: There's and always he, it, there's always some type of fish controversy, huh?
1: It's always something fishy, huh? <laughs> Very good. But, but it wasn't only, you know, he, he, again, here he brought, first of all, he had an instinctive, feeling for these things. You know, you can't ask all the fish. You can't ask all the water. You know, these things just, you know, and you he, he shouldn't, as he used to say, l'havchidah <laughs> to to sa'am, he would cite that the Mishnah says in Yuma that the Kohen Gadol should not be ma'arach, but filah, shouldn't say a to feel in the Kaddish Kaddosh, he's praying for Klay Sol Yom the Kaddish la havis sa'am, because lest the people outside will think that, you know, the Kohen Gadol might have died inside. And so... He says, all of a sudden, we frighten everybody with th- these new hummus, which he was very much, depending, of course, on the point. He had his hummus also. But uh, that's just one example.
0: And uh, when you, and just to remind everybody, when you're talking about the water, uh, that resulted in a lot of communities and in many areas in people deciding to filter their water, right?
1: That's correct. And right. Rybelski thought that wasn't necessary. In fact, the OU, the hummus does do that. We've, in all our facilities in, in New York. City, because in generally in the country, this federal regulation that requires that um, water be filtered, but New York is exempt from that, and uh, and he thought it was not problematic.
0: And that was because there are other halachic experts that are consulted by the OU, and they have to come to a happy medium. Or the well, OU-
1: you know, we we want to have a consensus in terms of positions that we take. Um, so. That's why the Oyus the, Luchum. But the fact that I, I thought Rabbi Belsky was right about it, I, you know, the Gemara says about Mechitzas right. Hamayim that the the Gemara tells us that how do you how do you if you want to take water out of the Kineret on Shabbos and you're in a boat the to Kineret to move from one Rishus to another since only Tzibon you're allowed to use the Hamayim, right. which is that it has. I'm not going to go through all the technical things, but it's it, it's, it's you put, uh, you know, surrounding above the water, you can take the water from there onto the boat. But, you know, obviously you couldn't filter it at Shabbos. And so the pathway, there was no water with the Kinneret, and these Copa parts are ubiquitous, so they would have been in the in the Kinneret as well. Obviously, in the time of the Chazal, they weren't worried about it.
0: Right. <laughs> and they probably didn't have the equipment to actually see them, right?
1: Well, you know, you know, where the, the Rebels gets many different levels of consideration. I remember going with him at the time to the... Um, I think it was the Groton Reservoir in in the Catskills. You know, he spoke to the technical people as he did with the fish. He, he, you know, he sent people to check with the Museum of Natural History, the people who are experts in fish and so on, to see both on the technical and scientific level what's the reality and then to offer his halachic decision.
0: Isn't it interesting how many of us, and I'm not including you in this, I'm including uh, lay people like myself, many of us would draw our own conclusions and not even worry about checking with the experts, and he's going to the Museum of Natural History to consult with people who would know a little bit more about this than he does.
1: Right, and he also had, just despite the technical issue, he had him sober from his Rebbeim about many of these things, for Moshe Feinstein, who he had smicha from, who was very close to, he would both on, on several of these issues, he would cite positions that Moshe took. How did and not just not only the tech, not only the specific issue, but in terms of the or the attitude that one should take in these issues is the sense of responsibility for kli Roll.
0: Ryan Menachem Ganak with us, CEO of OU Kosher, speaking about the life and legacy of Aryabelsky for a few more minutes. Uh, when he started to get ill uh, in this latest round of, uh, of illness, um, was he still able to uh, keep his responsibilities to some degree at the OU?
1: Well, this last illness. Was 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 very very quick, you, you know. Uh,
0: yeah, I'm referring to it, the long term one, right?
1: Oh, That was four years ago, right? So doing that, there was a long term of recuperation. There was a time that he couldn't, but you know, we had a Shyler as he was, you know, he, he, Baruch Hashem he recovered. But his recovery was a, a um, he had um, ruptured esophagus and then he had heart failure. Right. It, it wasn't obvious that he would recover. Baruch Hashem he, he did. This was four years ago, and there was a long period of time, several months that he was recuperating and when When he was in the hospital at Kessler, we had a Shiloh about um a of Trafus, and I sent an entire um four quarter to the hospital from to to for him to look at him to pass on and that was you know both because we needed his expertise but also I just wanted him to get back in the saddle you know. F- so to speak, in terms of handling the Shilas, so you can imagine the sense of of astonishment about the hospital staff <laughs> when they see this entire four quarter coming into the to his room.
0: What was his decision? Out of curiosity,
1: um, the, the, well, it was more complicated. Since it was the, the, um, he, he thought it was Muth at that time, but it, it was more complicated than that.
0: Uh, how do you go about replacing Ravelski?
1: Well, obviously, I'm dealing with that issue, and the the answer is you don't, I mean, because he was really, as I said, sui generis. He was really unique in so many respects, both in terms of his his humility and his and just the, the extensive knowledge that he had, and just the wisdom that he had. Um, he's just, in in many respects, irreplaceable.
0: And he demonstrated, I read this in the article that Ores Schoenfeld wrote, he, uh, he demonstrated his own ability, you mentioned just a moment ago, poskening in terms of the animal, he demonstrated his own ability to dissect an animal and to really teach everybody the anatomy of animals uh, um, just based on his knowledge, right? He, he, he had some surgical skills, let's put it that way.
1: Well, I'll tell you an amazing story. You know, one of the, we had a vashvita of deer, in uh, in Goshen, New York, yeah. we kept it going primarily because there wasn't available in any other way for venison. Um, and uh, Rabbi Bell, one of the issues we had to deal with is that a deer, chaya, the the chayla is mutter. Right. There are no forbidden f- uh, fats. However, the gid is also So first, there was a shayla. Like, we, we have a, in the oh you we don't do niku on the chilekachrayim on the hind quarter but how he figured out, so first he, we turned, actually was Rav Belsky, turned to Rabbi Yoshev, you know, those places, the minig, not to do nika and the chela kachoran, does that apply to a deer where the chela is permitted? Rabbi Yoshev came back saying it's muta, but then the issue was, then how do you do the nika? So Rabbi Belsky, because he spoke to surgeons, and he figured out what kind of knives and instruments, scalpels to use, to do the nika so that it didn't, destroy the best parts of the meat, on uh, the tenderloin, in the in the hind quarter. You know, just typically, he used to take his Talmudim from from Torvadas, and in the summers, he used to take his students from Camp Aguda just to to demonstrate
0: it. Unbelievable. What a unique individual. It's a shame I'm learning so much about him uh, after his passing, but uh, it is remarkable to hear these stories and to hear how much he's responsible for a lot of things that, uh, that we get to benefit from, really as uh, consumers uh, here in the U.S. Uh, the life and the legacy of Ray I want to thank Ray Menachem Ganak, CEO of OU Kosher. Rabbi Genach, a pleasure to speak with you, and thanks so much for joining us on this occasion.
1: Nachum, always a pleasure.
0: Uh, Rabbi Menachem Genach, CEO of OU Kosher, Ray life and legacy. More coming up. You're listening to the OU Jewish Reaction Show. This is the Nachum Siegel Network. from Soul Farm. You're listening to the OU Jewish Reaction Show. This is the Nachum Siegel Network, and Rabbi Yaakov Luban is with us via telephone. He's Executive Rabbinic Coordinator uh, at the OU. He's been there for uh, over 30 years, and we get an opportunity to uh, add to this conversation about the life and legacy of Ravelski by asking Rabbi Luban uh, for some thoughts regarding Ravelski and working with him for such a long period of time. Rabbi Luban, welcome to the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you. Pleasure to be talking to you. I appreciate that. Pleasure to speak with you. So, um... Over 30 years, I, I would assume. Then you remember the first days when Rebelski was first brought into the OU.
2: I certainly do. The um, Rebelsky came about 27, 28 years ago, and at that time we uh, did not have formal halakhic policies for uh, different situations. It was sort of ad hoc when something came up. So then we uh, we discussed it. We tried to take positions. Sometimes we consulted with uh, outside Rabbanim, but we didn't have any formal structure. And um, when Rabbi Belsky c- came in, so he came almost the same time as, as Rabbi Shachter Rabbi Shachter. and the, the uh, Rabbi Belsky would come on Thursday, and Rabbi Schachter would come on Friday, and on the Fridays, Rabbi Belsky would come in as well, and we would have a joint session with Rabbi Belsky and with Rabbi Schachter, and uh at that time I, I helped prepare an agenda uh, for different trying to, to put together Shilos that were of, of one uh, topic and uh, we go through the Shilos and that's how we formulated uh, <laughs> policy and we recorded it and eventually became a tremendous body of, of material, of written material that we have with the Psockham of Rabbi Velsky and uh, Rabbi Shachter but it was very exciting to have two Gedolim that, uh you know, how, how often do you have that type of opportunity to be able to consult with Gedolam and uh, formulate policies for for OU, which is a cautious agency that's, that services the entire world? And it was a, a very big success for us.
0: Do you, as, I mean, you and other rabbis who are familiar with halacha, certainly, and, uh, you know, are able to pass in your own shilas, obviously, uh, were there many times when you were shocked at the outcome of those discussions? Or essentially, you know... Postkim, who did not regard themselves as great as the individuals you mentioned, nonetheless usually were heading in the right direction with those questions.
2: Uh, it was mixed. Sometimes we had a sense of uh, you know what we thought was correct. Um, and Remy Belsky would agree, but other times he didn't, and uh, he, he uh, sometimes he surprised us with his answers and. It took different directions than uh, than we thought were appropriate.
0: Are there any speci- yeah. any specific stories or episodes that you recall yeah. that that would? Yeah. Either- I
2: was just I was thinking today. I mean, in addition to passing these shiros, R- also brought moral clarity to, um, to to us at the OU. Um, you know, a lot of cassius is uh, interwoven with uh, issues of how to deal with with people and with situations um so and 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 his judgment was very balanced revelsky was was not a radical person and that was so important for us and i, I was just thinking about one situation that i had when i uh, came to the ou um the at that time there when i joined the ou there were uh, some some uh, establishments had had a to media, a full time Mashkiach on the premises and some of them had been with the, those establishments thirty years, forty years, and they were no longer in their prime. And I was concerned: how, how does one balance? On the one hand, this was their livelihood, and they, they didn't have pension funds at that time. So to take away the job from them would mean literally leaving them penniless and without. And, and I felt also was a lack of. Uh, Satova appreciation. They had serviced the OU uh, you know, with, with integrity for 30, 40 years. So, you know, to take away the job it would not be fair. But On the other hand, had a responsibility to to the Tzibur and to Kol So they, they were the ones that were ensuring, by being on the spot, they were the ones that were ensuring the the integrity of the cautious. So, how do how do you balance that? and I remember it, it, this perturbed me greatly I asked this question I, I met different uh, rabbinim and I asked them all the same question and Nobody was able to give me a satisfying answer. And then when Rebelsky joined the OU, Rebelsky, besides having moral clarity, was also a very practical person. So Rebelsky said, look, he said, what you need to do is you have to concretize what are the responsibilities that the Meshkisham have, and what what are your expectations. And you have to put it into writing, and then... Um, you have a right. If you if you if you say this is what I expect you to do A B C D, then you could visit the facility and see if they are fulfilling those requirements. If they are not, then you have the right to say, uh, listen, this is the the job requires that you do. Uh, you know these the, the, these are the things that you have to be responsible for if uh, if you're not able to fulfill that it's going to be difficult for us to to maintain your employment um he he said I should not write in a threatening way but just to point out that we can't this is what the job is and uh, we we want you to stay in this position but you have to make sure to to uh, manage to carry these responsibilities and um and then the, go back again and see if if things improve if they not send them another letter or two, and then eventually, uh, if they if they're just not able to do it, then you say, listen, this is I'm I'm sending you this final letter. I I hope you could turn things around, but if not, this I can't can maintain the position your your position with the OU because these are the, the responsibilities that you have to satisfy. And then, uh, very reluctantly, if they if they could not do that, and then, then Rabbi Belsi said that we, we morally were justified to to let the person go. Wow! But I think it was a very balanced approach, and uh, it, it took into consideration the the human element. Belsi was very sensitive when it came to the people, and uh, and made sure to to bring that into the equation
0: always. And essentially, he's poskining for millions of people. I mean, you know. Maybe, that is correct. Maybe he's not asking a, for
2: all of Chayyucho.
0: Yeah, he's asking for millions of people, especially the decisions on Kashrus. But uh, I guess when you're, I, I guess when the numbers are that large, it's, it's even much better to have a balanced approach because you're really asking for people across the board. That's for sure. Can, right? right.
2: often said that, you know, he because the OU was servicing so he, he Belsky was not. A great, I mean, he he was very creative, but he felt that the halacha should be mainstream. I, you shouldn't. When you, if you're if you're asking for a private individual, so you could, you know, if you have a, a certain way of looking at it that's a little different, you know, the has the right to do that. But when you're establishing policies, the, the OU basically serves everybody in Klausel because all kosher food. One way or the other, is either under O.U. supervision or it has ingredients that that are components in the uh, in the final product o- almost always. So you, you you are passing for the entire t- the body of, of the Jewish people, and therefore you, uh, mostly wanted that the the, the O.U. positions should be very mainstream. Wow,
0: uh, Rabbi uh, Jacob Lubin is with us, executive rabbinic coordinator, or rabbinic director rather, at the O.U. coordinator for the last thirty years. Um is this time of year reminiscent of more I don't know serious or active or more of a frenzy in terms of shyless on that level because it's before Pesach than other times of year or that wasn't a factor
2: Not now because we what what happened was that about 20 years ago we um we 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 wanted to make sure that all the conversations that Rabbi Belsky and Yabadul Chaim Rabbi Shachter were having with the rabbinic coordinators were recorded. Um, and because many of the Shilas were repetitive, and, um there was no reason to have them, uh, sit with the, with the Rabbanim over again and go through the same Shilas. And also we wanted to have, um written standards that were consistent. So we hired, uh, a, uh, a, a, we created a position called Safra Dinah, which is the, uh, the scribe of the court, so to speak, who, uh, would uh, sit with Rabbi Belsky and Rabbi Shachter. Uh, each one of them was in the OU, Rabbi Belsky was. Uh, it was coming on thursdays after uh, he stopped coming on friday he came on thursdays and Rabbi shakhti came on Fridays. and the staffer the dineauts would sit with them and, and, and record every single question that was uh, asked with, with the response and um, we have that all uh, it's, it's, it's stored in our database so we have a few thousand pesukim from Rabbi Basim Shahta that we've collected over the, the last 20 years. We have we've had three terrific talmidei uh, chachamim who served in that uh, role, and uh, so there's there's very little in the way of like new shilas that all of a sudden pop up, and uh, uh, there's different twists and and variations to, to issues and, and and nuances, but uh, may, maybe. It's, in the earlier years, when it came Pesach, there was a frenzy of activity.
0: But <laughs> we're
2: pretty much in, in in good shape now, I believe.
0: Ah, uh, do you remember the last major issue, the the one that Rebelsky, uh, um you know, addressed the uh, uh, the last major one that he addressed for the OU, or in the last couple of years, there was nothing really major that uh, that was as dramatic as I'm thinking.
2: Well, there was a whole series of major issues where there was the issue with the worms in in the fish. Right. And where Rabbi Belsky thought it was not a concern, there was the issue of uh, copepods in New York water, which is not filtered, and there's these little creatures floating around, some of them are alive, and swimming in the water, and, and they're visible to the naked eye, and that also Rabbi Belsky thought was not an issue, there was an issue with um, uh, with cows, with uh, they had uh, surgical procedures, uh, to relieve the, the gas in, the, in their abdomen and we uh, raised questions about whether the cows were trace and whether the milk was kosher and Ray Belsky thought that that was not a concern. There was an issue about uh, certain types of fowl the, whether the, uh, the way they, um, their toes were structured, did that indicate that they were not kosher? Ray Belsky thought that was also not an issue. Wow. Ray Belsky never overreacted. He always I remember asking him when he was looking into these issues. I said, while you're looking into it, should we tell people to hold off and, and wait until uh, you come up with a, with a ruling? And he said, no, because it, if, 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 if people have been eating these things for, for the last few hundred years, um, you, you don't not make an announcement that it's not kosher unless you know for sure it's not kosher you presume that it's that it's status quo until the burner of proof is to show that it's that it's something that that was missed in the past and um so he 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 it's like i said before he's very balanced and uh but in the end it, it because of his position this uh the the these the, 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 like typical scenarios where it's uh er made mention this a few times when he when he spoke about Ribelsky, that he if not for Ribelsky we wouldn't be eating fish anymore right. because of the, the worm issue. So amazing. He he really addressed uh, serious issues. Uh, he had very broad shoulders. He wasn't afraid to take uh, any responsibility. Um, and, and when he felt that this is the way it is, that's uh, he 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 was very determined uh, with his position.
0: Rabbi Yaakov Luban, Executive Rabbinic Coordinator for over 30 years over at the OU. Thank you so much for your uh, contribution to this program on the life and legacy of Rabelsky. It's much appreciated. It's been my pleasure. Rabbi Luban with us, and uh, you're listening to the Nachum Siegel Network. We had an opportunity to discuss both with him and with Ari Ganak the life and legacy of Rabelski. This is the Nachum Siegel Network. More coming up on the OU Jewish Reaction Program.
3: I love I I I i
0: I thank you for listening to the OU Jewish Reaction Show here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Check us out on social media, on Twitter at Nahum Siegel Net, on Facebook, simply Nahum Siegel Network. OU Jewish Reaction Show every Tuesday starting at nine AM Eastern time right after JM and the AM right here on NSN, the Nahum Siegel Network.